0: Hello, listeners. Our guest today is always full of enthusiasm. Caitlin Drysdale is on the show. Caitlin is the director of hospitality and a seven wing six. She joins Jason and Cassie to discuss the thinking triad. So five sixes and sevens, listen up. All right, Cassie, here we are again with another Enneagram triad, and I am excited just as excited about this one as I was about the last one. Why don't you introduce uh, the triad that we are talking about today?
1: Yes, today we are talking about the head triad, also known as the thinking triad. In the last episode, we talked about instinctive or the gut triad, so today, this is all focused on how you think. That's the instinct that is driving everything, that the five, the six, and the seven on the Enneagram That's kind of like their main train of thought. And so this is really focused around um, inner guidance and support. It's, um, you know, how they think, how they process. Um, A lot of times this can focus on the worst case scenario thinking. And then each of those numbers kind of process it in a different way. So the five needs to research and the, the five is called the investigator. They need to research everything. They really want to internalize it and process it. The six is going to express that anxiety and worry. The six is the loyalist. They're the ones that are going to be planning for the world disaster. The sixes are all thriving right now <laughs> yes. in quarantine and COVID. They're like, yes,
0: this like, is awesome. We plan for this. Yes,
1: everybody's like, wow. Ah. And they're like, what, you weren't prepared for a yeah. world <laughs> yeah. pandemic? Yes. And then the sevens fall asleep to quote-unquote, fall asleep to right. that worst-case scenario thinking. They suppress it because they don't want to relish or even um, spend any time thinking about what could happen or what could be bad. And so the seven is the enthusiast. And so similar to our guest last time was the nine, and that's who falls asleep to the... Um, the instinctive or the gut reactionary. We brought in a seven today, which is fun because you know sometimes when you are the one who internalizes it or externalizes it, you are wearing your emotions on your sleeve or your reactions on your sleeve. But it's really fun to get a lens of someone who tries to push that down. So, do you right. want to introduce our guest? Yes, let's
0: introduce our enthusiast today. We have none other than Caitlin, who is uh, head of the marketing department. How are yeah. you, Caitlin?
2: No, definitely not head of the marketing, but I'm okay. I am okay. I mean, I mean
0: hospitality. <laughs> hospitality. What am I thinking? I'm looking I'm at, like, I'm, I'm looking not- at Kathy. You're like, no, wait, did I change <laughs> to, jobs? I mean, I'm,
1: I'm like, I, g- I just lost my job. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and this podcast is about how Cassie's lost her job, and we have hired you as marketing. <laughs> no, hospitality.
2: Hospitality. Yeah. Yeah. Real what quick, mean. tell us what you've been up to. Um, you know, just hanging out. I just uh, my my boy is getting ready to turn one years old, so that's kind of crazy. Oh and uh, working here obviously has been awesome, but just. Balancing work and life and COVID-19 and new normal, you know? Mm. So true. <laughs> Retweet. Yeah. But yeah, that's really it. Nothing too exciting. Just got back from Destin. That's exciting. Got a new tattoo. Also exciting.
0: I saw that. That's yes. your arm tattoo right there? Yes, that yes. is it. And what's it
2: say? Um, It says Elroy. That's my ex boyfriend's name. Okay, Elroy. That's Hebrew, correct? It is Hebrew. Yes. Okay, yes. And
0: what does it say for for real? for real? Is it Yahweh? No, um,
2: no, it is Elroy, but it is a name El of um, God, which means the God who sees me.
0: Oh, okay. it's my Jesus tat. Oh, you got a Jesus tat?
1: Yeah, I did. Man, you both have arm tats now. I'm feeling kind of yeah. left out.
0: Mine is not a, G- a Jesus no, tat. No, yours but, is very cool. But yeah. it's a cool. Not a Jesus tat. <laughs> not a Jesus tat. <laughs> I couldn't work at Chick Fil A. Um, <laughs> All right, uh, let's jump right into how you view everything from uh, your perspective of being an enthusiast. And it, you have thought about the Enneagram before. Mm-hmm. You've taken the test. Yes. Um, how much have you uh, We've done a deep dive in the last couple months. How, and, and Cassie's been doing a deep dive for like years. Uh, I have done a deep dive, uh, read a few books in the last few months. Uh, how much do you know about the Enneagram?
2: Definitely not as much as you all do, but I have been trying to read up a little bit more. It's something that my family is very interested in. Um, It's something that we're all very cautious of, too. It's like, okay, like, Caitlin's a seven. She's always looking out to have fun and always doing these things. Um, So definitely not as much research, but um, I would say that I'm pretty well-rounded. I mean, I understand what each number is, what it stands for, and kind of the wings. I know how that kind of works.
0: What's your husband's number? Just, I'm just curious.
2: He is an an eight-wing nine. Okay. Mm -hmm. Eight-wing
0: nine? Yes. Wow. Those are, that's a fascinating combination to me. Uh Colin, who was on the last podcast, is a nine wing eight. And those two together just are so interesting to me because I'm an eight wing seven. Right. And that makes sense. Those two mm-hmm. go together. Um, so once Colin described his, it made sense that, that yeah, that's who you are. Um, so good.
1: Love it. Okay, so. Through the lens of your Enneagram number being a seven, what is it like for you in the workforce? Can you tell us a little bit about what your strengths are, what your struggles are, what team dynamics, that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, it's funny how you were kind of talking about worst case scenario with the six and then also kind of suppressing it as the seven. I feel like, um, you know, I... I feel like that's kind of what I embody. Um, As a seven, I'm constantly looking for the best case scenario, the best outcome, what's going to be more fun, what's going to be awesome. But then a little bit, because I do wing to that six, like part of me too is constantly like, okay, what's the worst case scenario? What's going to happen there? But I I would say that I definitely lean more towards the wanting to suppress it, wanting to look to what is fun and exciting all the time. (laughs) So how does that translate into work? Yeah. Um, Yeah, as far as like strengths and struggles with work. So um, I feel like I'm a great cheerleader and I usually uh, have a strong presence at like the beginning of something, the start of a project. Um, I also feel like I can easily pull people into projects and encourage them like to work together. As far as a struggle, um, I sometimes have a hard time finishing things. So I'm great, a great strong presence at the beginning, but the consistency through to the end can be difficult. Um, So because uh, I tend to lose focus quickly or like interest.
1: So, No, but that's so good. And so um, what we've been focusing on these many episodes of, you know, focusing on the triads is it's really interesting to talk to people with different numbers because when you even have a hint of self-awareness, you can thrive in the workforce or just in real Mm -hmm. life so much more because... You have, you know, you know that about yourself. And so you can surround yourself with people that help you get across the finish line or you can be honest with your leadership and say like, hey, these are the areas that I would like to develop in and need need some more focus. So definitely as far as like teamwork and
2: solo work goes as well, like I feel like I I thrive. With teamwork mm. because I thrive with that social aspect and I like bouncing ideas around. Um, I also like collaborating and making everyone feel like they have a part in um, in what we're what I'm doing. Um, as far as solo work, I I can do that, but it has honestly taken me a long time to figure out how to do that well. Mm. It was not a natural thing for me.
0: I can I can see that totally because. Uh, you work directly under me, and whenever <laughs> I'm like,
1: perspective. I'm
0: like, uh, "Hey, Caitlin, uh this is what you need to do." You'll come back the next week, and you're like, "Well, I asked everybody what they thought we should do, <laughs> and here's the the findings." And Uh, I'll say uh, that's seven different perspectives. (laughs) And uh, while we cherish all of those perspectives, we need to get this done. And it's not like you don't get things done, but you do cherish um, being able to be collaborative Mm -hmm. and hear everybody's perspective. And I think that's a very, very strong part of your ability to lead well. Um, And you've done such a good job leading your team. Do you know the, you right now you don't have a team. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're all like kind of just on our team together. Um, but in your team that you've had in mm-hmm. the hospitality department, do you, do you know the numbers? Did you know their, their Enneagram
2: numbers? Yes, we did. We did sort do of. the test. I think that I know that I had a nine. I think I had a couple of sixes. Um, and then, hmm. I don't think I had anybody on the other side of the Enneagram. I think there are mostly nines and sixes. Okay. I could be wrong.
0: It, was there a number that you tended to be able to work with easier? And that's not a question that we had told you we were asking. But wow, I just I'm heard. not
2: perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm, a number that I work with easier. I feel like I work really well with nines. Mm-hmm.
1: Um they're so good to us, those peacemakers. They are so good to us,
2: those peac- peacemakers. But I also feel like I work well with ones, um, just because sometimes I don't necessarily um, get wrapped up in details, and I and I feel like the ones can kind of ground me a little bit. So, as far as like getting stuff done, I feel like a one is a good pair. As far as like being compatible, as uh, like um, just
1: in the workforce, I feel
2: like nines are. are are pretty
1: good. <laughs> so, what's fun about that is this is just a quick little detour. I promise it'll be very short. But the way the numbers are connected on the Enneagram, ones when they're healthy and they're growing travel towards a seven. So, I can start letting go of the, that perfectionist and I can really start being more spontaneous. And so, the reverse happens, a seven in stress goes towards one. And so when you start feeling that stress and um, just chaos around you mentally and emotionally, you start diving into, okay, well, now I got to get all the details done. Like I've got to control everything. I've got to manufacture it a certain way. And so it's interesting to see that you didn't necessarily say it this way, but because you recognize, Oh, I partner well with ones. It's like those people that are, can be healthy in that number help mm-hmm. to balance out me when I'm unhealthy because mm. I go towards that number. And mm. so yeah. this whole thing is, it's, it's fascinating it's, it's how it really does help your team dynamic. Yeah. So yeah. Caitlin, how has knowing your Enneagram number and the Enneagram numbers of your team, since mm-hmm. you just said that you had <laughs> tested, had them test as well. How has that empowered you or helped you at work?
2: Um, Well, I think that knowing, like, understanding your natural tendencies um, can kind of help you lean into those strengths, but also push back or push through some of those uh, weaknesses that you have or work through them, rather. Um, and. I mean, knowledge is power. Once mm. you know um, something, it's you. You can move forward from it. Um, if I were to say a little bit more specific, um, I would say knowing that I'm an F7 has allowed me to recognize my influence on others and how I can kind of
1: flip a negative perspective on its head. Mm. Man, did you, you didn't even realize this when you hired her into no. leading the hospitality no. team? <laughs> but you've got like the best person. The perfect. Oh, she is the yes. uh, Has the biggest team. Well, yeah. yeah, pre COVID had the right. biggest team of people to manage, and you. Deal every single day in customer service, which right. is typically people who need help, guidance, or they're they're complaining mm-hmm. right. and you gotta flip it around. Yep. Oh yeah, all the time. That's mm. good. <laughs> it's so good. Naps for the sevens in hospitality. Yeah. Okay. So talking team dynamics, this is kind of similar to talking about how it empowers you to lead and things, but with working with others, you've said numbers that you work better with, but how has it been leading other numbers?
2: Yeah. Um, I, I think Jason kind of touched on this, but when I was reading through the questions, this was my natural response. As a seven, I feel like because I can pull those people in, it kind of makes me a natural leader. And um, as a leader, I like to build a lighthearted environment and create opportunities mm. for like fun and team bonding um, in a way. So that that's a strength, but I would say that that could also be an obstacle in a way because it can be hard for me to like reprimand something if there needs to be action or consequence. Or furthermore, it can be hard for my team members to take me seriously because I'm Mm. constantly trying
1: to create that lighthearted, fun environment. Have you had, this is not a a pre-question we gave you, but have you had um, hard, have you had to have hard conversations with your team and how did that, how was that for your, for you, especially because you're always trying to like put that fun spin on things?
2: Yeah, it was really difficult. And Jason can attest, there are many times where I'm like, Jason, I need to know what I need to say. Like, I need to know the why behind this. Like, we really would talk it through. And I remember there was one time I came in crying to Jason. I was like, I don't know what to say. Like, it honestly was crippling. This was before I kind of knew about Enneagram and what my tendencies were. Um, But as I knew that was kind of like a weakness of mine, I was able to kind of press
1: into that and get Jason's guidance on that. Mm. So good. Okay, so... You have said that, you know, your leading has kind of changed a little bit as you've evolved and learned the Enneagram. What Mm -hmm. would you say for, um, we have lots of listeners that have never done the Enneagram or any kind of self-awareness tool to help them. What would you say that is um, maybe a piece of advice for anyone that hasn't started on a self-awareness journey or is just getting started on a self-awareness journey?
2: Um, I would Totally encourage them to continue digging or dig into it if they haven't already. Uh, Without that recognition of self-awareness, your ability to grow is always going to be limited. Mm. So without a recognition of where you are, um, it's almost impossible to develop the maturity to know where you can be and where you can go. So I definitely encourage to learn more about yourself, Um, it not only benefits yourself, obviously, but it benefits those relationships around you, whether that's family, platonic, romantic work, whatever, um, because it forces you to come to grips with reality um, and how you exist in the world. So how Mm. can that not affect all the people that are around you? Mm. Yeah, that's that's really, really good.
0: Yeah, that's, that's helpful. I think, I think that is exactly what we're trying to hit on and why we believe it is so important to, Either uh, we we've do- obviously we've dove into this um, particular test mm-hmm. and way of kind of the paradigm that we want to see things through um, because we think it aligns with our culture and values and stuff. But um but really, our heart is that you're using something, a tool, to know yourself. Mm-hmm. And the more you know yourself, the better you're able to know others and the better you are able to have relationships um, that are successful and be able to have a good dynamic with work mm-hmm. and, and at home and all of those things with family and friends. So thank you so much for yeah. taking the time to, to talk to us. That's Definitely. extremely helpful, extremely helpful. So, mm-hmm.
2: Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Stay
0: tuned for our next and final episode of season one. To send us off, we have a very special guest to help us wrap our hearts and our heads around the feeling triad.
2: Goodbye.